Hello and welcome to the new and improved Wildcard Rewind. Before we get into all of that, let's play the intro. I just want to rewind to when we were young Back to all those good times. Take me back to the start. Oh, it feels so good to be back on a Monday. Oh, it's a it's a Monday. We are back. We are new. We are improved. Um, we'll get into all of this in a sec. First of all, we'll bring in uh, uh, regular co-host, Hannah. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, Paul. Part of the old guard now, aren't we? We're getting uh, getting old. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I do have to say that I don't think Max will be very impressed when you say that it's improved now that he's gone. So you might be getting some abusive messages at the end of this. But uh, I agree with you, Paul. Of course, it's improved. We didn't want him anyway, did we? And I'm super excited for what we've got coming up and for our new co-host. So I think it's going to be fantastic. Obviously, we've been really busy this weekend, all of us. It's been Scott Fishbowl live drafts in London, and I can't wait to hear about how you guys did. And then, obviously, it's the UK FFC event for us too. So... Uh, Plenty to kind of keep us busy, wasn't there recently? Yeah, there was. And I can't believe that um, I'm hosting this show. And within a minute, you mentioned that traitor's name on this on this show. So we'll, we'll have enough of enough of that. Um, but as you guys would have seen on Twitter over the last few weeks, a few changes have taken place. Um, as much as I call him a traitor, we wish Mags uh, all the best at, uh, over on the Wildcard Dynasty. Uh, it's a shame to see Matt take a step back from it all and stuff, but we wish him all the best as well. Um, but that meant that we had a, a seat open up on the legendary Rewind show. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome our new co-host, uh, Lewis. So, Lewis, welcome to the show. How are you doing, buddy? I am very well. It is great to join you two on a... Um overcast monday evening i suppose you could call it and uh but yeah shame magazine around and but yeah let's have some fun why not well we don't yeah. miss he who must not be named do we? <laughs> we we don't we don't miss it but but the, do you know what, lewis i'll come straight back to you uh how is the uk ffc mate did you enjoy it you know what i've seen lots of great pictures and it looks like everybody had a whole lot of fun there <laughs> But did did you not did you not make it to the to the Saturday? Did you did you oversleep on a train? I had a ticket and uh unforeseen circumstances Friday night after the Scott <laughs> Fishbowl live draft made me not want to get out of my bed on Saturday. <laughs> and yeah, uh, so it it wasn't the best of days, but you know, these things happen and no, but it was a great um, Scott Fishbowl draft on the Friday and like I say, look like everybody had a lot of fun on the Saturday and that's the main thing, right? Yeah, that's that's the main thing. That's the main thing. We had a great time and Hannah, you, you were you were obviously hosting it so you probably didn't enjoy it the same way that the rest of us did because you were running around trying to make sure that 100 people were where they needed to be and doing what they needed to do and kept the flow of everything going. But did you, did you enjoy it? Did you get a chance to relax at the end? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, to be honest, one of the best things was just seeing everyone else enjoying it and meeting each other. You know, we, we speak to each other so much on Twitter or, you know, through our leagues in Sleeper or, you know, MFL or whatever. It's just so nice to put faces to names, finally meet people. Um, and it was just, you know, the the excitement and, and everything was palpable. So it was it was really great. I mean, I was absolutely shattered by the end of it. So I was running around trying to sort everything out, but um, it was fantastic. It was really great fun. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. You just mentioned MFL for talking to people. Do you also communicate by, like, carrier pigeon or something like that? Or a letter in a bottle or... After I've said it, then I was like, yeah, no one talks in MFL. But you can apparently do such a thing. So maybe, like, some people do, right, when you started playing in the... 1950s then maybe you do still message on there <laughs> I, I love the abuse mfl gets and then you get you get these people that, that love mfl um but 
but yeah, so it was a, it was a wicked weekend. But but let's get back to um, rewind. And obviously, we've had a bit of bit of a change. You know, we we used to sort of rewind everything to do with and around the NFL. Uh, but we've taken a step in a different direction. We're going to go down um, the redraft route and talk all things redraft. We got we got loads lined up. We've got you know mock drafts. We got best ball things. Uh, we're going to chat charity tournaments tonight. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking. I'm really looking forward to to chatting redraft with you guys. Are, are you excited about about this new sort of path we're going down, Lewis? We'll come to you first, mate. Yeah, I mean, I, I love redraft. It's sort of what I feel like I'm more qualified, for want of a better word, to talk about rather than dynasty. And it's um, all the charity tournaments, the variance leagues. Uh, there's so many different avenues of redraft, and yeah, I, that's my sort of forte. I, I do, I do love a bit of redraft. So yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, I think I think it was not that long ago. Everyone was sort of saying that dynasty's taking over, but when you when you think of the amount of charity tournaments and even some of the biggest charity tournaments like the Scott Fishbowl, these are all redraft tournaments that are never going to go away. And and I think that. There's a like you know people say like I said dynasty is taking over, but I don't think it is. I think redraft is just as strong as as what it was. Hannah, what 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 do you think? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree in that you know these these big charity tournaments really do kind of keep redraft in the spotlight, don't they? I think if it wasn't for them, then maybe that would be true. I think probably fewer people are doing you know their like local redraft leagues or having you know, friends ones, I think a lot of people have converted those into dynasty leagues. Um, but I think, like you say, these charity events are never going to go away. They're never going to turn into dynasty because that's just not how they work. So they're always going to keep redraft in the spotlight. And I do think like as much work as redraft can be in the season, it's actually one of the most forgiving formats in that when the season is over, that's it. You can have, a you know, you can have a rest. You don't have to then be looking to trade you know finding out about the rookie so if you you know if you struggle to keep attention throughout the whole year it really is just a nice format in that you know you've got this intensive period during the season you've got a lot quite a lot going on you can have a great fun in your drafts before but then you can have that kind of little period to kind of reflect relax and then go again so I I do not think it will it will ever die and there's still lots of people who you know say that it's their favorite format but I think the dynasty people say that redraft is dying and dynasty is the best. And I just think there are fewer redraft advocates. So we just don't hear them as much. But I think it's certainly still there and I don't think it will ever go away. Agreed. Agreed. I, I really like... Uh, what I like about it is, um, you know, you, you sort of with dynasty, if you get to six weeks in and your, your team's gone to part, a couple of injuries, everything like that, with Dynasty, then you're focusing on rebuilding and stuff like that. But with Redraft, you're then going, do you know what? My season's done here. There's not really much I can do to save this. I've been affected by injuries and stuff like that. And then, you know, it, you're going, oh, do you know what? I'll just come back next year and have another go and another go, you know? Whereas Dynasty, I feel like you're always working to try and improve your team every every time and stuff like that. So I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan, big fan of, uh, of Redraft, but... But that'll bring us into this week, um, and we're going to chat all things charity leagues, as as we've mentioned. So there's a lot of charity leagues knocking about, and I know you guys play in, in these charity leagues with us. Um, as we mentioned, we've had the Scott Fishbowl live draft on Friday. We This weekend, we've got the JTT Cup draft in. We've got the Warrior Bowl draft in. And then there is also the five yard rush run, which is the FFCC, and the Orkney Bowl, which is already drafted. Have I missed any off guys? That the have I, I missed? Mean, any? I, I would say they're the main ones. The, the, the only one um, I've joined another couple this year. These are like relative new ones. So one was Biscuit Bowl. I don't know if you've heard that one. That's the best bowl one. I, I think, think I think I was invited to that one, but. Yeah, this was its first year, so I went in that one and we've drafted that one. That, As I say, that's best ball. And then there is another new one. I think it's UK-based. I think it's like THF or something like that, tournament. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Field 
It's a fantasy, yeah. That's the one, yeah, yeah. So I've I've signed up for that. So I think that that one is going. Oh, and don't forget the Steve Rains Bowl, defending I, champion. Uh, oh, sort of brag. I'm not actually in that one. I I don't think I I applied for that one to be fair. Oh, come on, but I know uh, Jack Humphreys runs it, doesn't he? And I'm really annoyed that I'm not in it because I've actually seen him post a tweet today about the different names of the divisions and i'm very jealous that i'm not in pokemon red you know yeah i'm actually a division head because i was a, a champion last year in case you hadn't mentioned it already um so i've already got my division um what, di what division are you in so i am in the super mario division Oh, amazing. Which I'm, as I was going to say, I'm pretty happy about it. To be honest, there's quite a few there that I would have been up for. Zelda, Pokemon, Super Mario. There's quite a few different ones that, that I would definitely have enjoyed. Uh, yeah. My, my, mine would have been Pokemon or GoldenEye. GoldenEye yeah, and Nintendo 64 was, was, was the one for me. Uh, Lewis, can you think of any other charity now, games that we haven't mentioned? I, I can. I've got one, but I just want to go back to the Steve Rainsbow because I think our um, friend over here keeps mentioning it because she may or may not have beat me on the route to winning it. I think yeah. we, were, we were in the semi-final together, weren't we? Yeah, a ridiculously close matchup. I think I lost yeah. by like seven points or something. Yeah, it was. It was tiny. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll At least you lost it. to the champion. I will get yeah. over it one day. I have like a little blacklist. I've got a blacklist, and then when our win is boom, so <laughs> it's coming. No, but um, we'll so see. one that in incorporates IDP as well, which ain't too mm -hmm. common either. Um, the FF7s for Kawasaki's disease. Um, IDP Iggy from America runs that, and I think there's 96 people in it this year, which is the most people. 16 team leagues as well, so it's really hard to progress because only the champion from each league gets to the final. And I lost him off in the final. It was the second year it was running, but my first time I lost in the final. I think I came third last year. We had obviously. Um, unprecedented circumstances with Damar Hamlin and we didn't know it was a nightmare for all commissioners I run a lot of leagues and it's hard to work out the fairest way to decide those games but with it being IDP even more players involved and Iggy just called it as it was across all of the matches and I lost that game but it is what it is obviously it's more important that Damar Hamlin got healthy and things like that and he was okay but um it's a great tournament it's really competitive it's really tough as well and i like idp when it's in redraft more so than dynasty and it's a lot of fun he's a great commissioner as well icky yeah yeah i i have seen i have seen that one but i sort of uh you get to the point where you go i i, I, I don't know how many more leagues i can play in you know so you sort of limit yourself but um but yeah, so, so let's let's get let's get into um, a couple of these, and, and let's start with the the Scott Fishbowl, as it is probably the biggest um, charity tournament in the world, and all three of us are in the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, Lewis, me, and you are both in the Walkers division, and we live drafted on Friday night. You were at the one hundred one; I was at the one hundred seven. Hannah, what what? Um, division are you in with the scott fishbowl so i'm in the picking form so i'm in the crispy cream division um oh. and i'm picking from the 106 oh nice have you made a pick yet i have actually i'm actually on the clock with my second round pick but i haven't had time to look at it properly yet but i think i've got an idea i'm gonna go um so i currently Ooh, have Joe Burrow. we've got a live pick on air here yeah, yeah, I was, I was we'll going to say, you, we're, we're going to talk you through this. Let's bit. do it. No, let's let's pull it up now. Get your phone. Um, Come on, talk, talk us through it, Hannah. I haven't got my phone, but I can try and put it up on here. So basically, um, from with my first round pick, I went with Joe Burrow. Um, home, and I'm now, home up, home up. Now, well, the thing is, so Kelsey went 101 in mine. So it was Kelsey when it was the three QBs, Alan, Mahomes. Um, Hurts, then it went Lamar. So it kind of made sense to go Burrow, I think, there. 
Um, so then I went Burrow. Then we've had uh, Herbert and we've had Trevor Lawrence. And then we've also had Jefferson, Chase and Cup. And then we've had quite a few running backs go, actually. We've had CMC, we've had Bijan, we've had Nick Chubb, and we've had, um, who was the third one to go? Barkley? Uh, Eckler, Austin Eckler. So currently, really, I'm looking at quarterbacks. We're looking at like the likes of Dak, Deshaun Watson. Um, wide receivers, we're looking at like Tyreek Hill um, all, and everyone kind of, down from there, Stefan Diggs, uh, AJ Brown, all of those. Uh, tight end, Mark Andrews is gone. So we're looking at George Kittle. Um, and then running back, we're looking at like Josh Jacobs, um, uh, the Indianapolis running back, which I've. Jonathan uh, Taylor. That's it. I couldn't get it in my head. Jonathan Taylor, you know, that, that kind of level. Yeah. So to be honest, if I'm honest with you, I would have liked to have taken a running back there because I do think that this uh, scoring does favour running backs slightly over wide receivers, but I just don't think the value is there. Like, I, I, I don't think it's worth taking a Jonathan Taylor or a Derek Henry or a someone at, at that point. I just don't. I think probably Tyreek Hill is, is the pick there. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, so with my second pick, I went with Saquon Barkley, and I can't remember whether Saquon's you said he's gone. gone. They have, he's gone. gone. Okay, okay. So yeah, I, I'm probably with you here. He said Nick Chubb's gone as well. Yeah. So, 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 so it's Saquon, Nick Chubb, Eckler, Bijan, and CMC have all gone. Yeah. So I think there's a bit of there is a bit of a drop there. Then, yeah, um, are are you worried about? Like maybe QB, and um, whether the value will come back to you in the third, maybe the fourth, or yeah. Do you know what? I, I, I'm not actually. Last year, I was more because we had negative scoring, so I think it was really important to have a QB that had a good completion percentage. Whereas this year, there's no negative scoring, so I think you could get away with some of the more riskier picks. You know, looking like yeah. a Anthony Richardson. You know, I think you you can feel happier you know waiting a bit and i think by the looks of it a lot of my draft agree with me there so i think i could certainly get away with it in this round i think the third is where i'm gonna actually have to have a real think about what i do there so i think that might be the, the challenging round to make that decision to be honest yes so the qb uh, what I did with QB is the one thing I regret about my draft, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that in in a little bit. Um, so, Lewis, what what would you do if you were Hannah right now? Would you would you be looking wide receiver as well, or would, um, you, go, or would you go rogue with a with a TJ Hawkinson pick? You know, oh, I mean, I'd be tempted because the scoring favors tight ends, and Hawk was immense the back end of last year. I know it's a bit of a homer pick from me, but we'll get onto that in a minute as well. But <laughs> I, don't, I mean, it's it's a tough one. I think wide receiver is probably the safe bet, or you, but you, you just got to have fun with it as well. You can't win the Scott Fishbowl by playing safe. There's three thousand odd players in it, and sometimes you just got to go with your gut and what you think's best. And I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure what I'd do now. It's I mean, we're about ten rounds past that stage, and if we could replay it or whatever. To be to be honest, I think. I don't think you really win this tournament with your first sort of, if anything, your first three, four picks. Like, you know, it's it's the later picks. That's where you win this tournament. I think, you know, I don't think, I don't think, you know, if you if you went Tyreek Hill, nobody's going to criticise that pick. If you went Derek Henry, nobody's going to criticise that pick. If you went TJ Hawkinson, a few people might criticise that pick. If you went Dak Prescott, nobody's going to go, oh my God, you've reached for Dak. You know, it's, I just think there's, like Lewis said, I think you've got to go with your, your gut here, you know? Yeah. I, only one thing I just want to say about what you just said, actually, Paul, is that you, you you probably actually win your league in those kind of later round picks. Um, you're going you're gonna to laugh at me now because you're going to think I'm bragging, but last year my team got into the final 
Now, when I look back at my draft, though, from, you know, originally, my picks from round 12 onwards are complete rubbish. Like, I don't think there was anyone there that helped my team at all. Um, but I was really lucky in that um, my two QBs, so I had Burrow and I took um, Trevor Lawrence in round five, I think. So they were really consistent. I very rarely got negative points from them. I took Derek Henry in the second, which at the time, a lot of people would have said, oh, that's a bit early. But he basically, you know, ran me to the playoffs. Um, and I got Hawkinson in like the seventh round. And so obviously then when he went to the Vikings, he exploded. And all of my running backs stayed healthy. And a lot of my kind of later round picks, not later round, but, you know, like these like, five to 12 yeah so i had like kenneth walker you know things like that like they hit yeah. but i also had uh michael thomas who did nothing for me <laughs> my receiver room was actually really poor and I got, I got through it with my running back room so that's why i was relatively keen to try and like have a decent running back room now not taking one in the second doesn't mean i can't get a decent running back room but as I say, last year, I actually had quite running back heavy room, which worked for me because everyone stayed healthy. Um, but from round 12 onwards, it was an absolute shit show. So I wouldn't worry too much also if those don't hit. However, you need your your kind of top half of the board to hit if you're going to have a shocking bottom. And I was, I was super lucky last year that everyone stayed healthy, if I'm honest. You know, if someone had gone down, that would have been me out. Yeah, I mean, you, you needed a bit of luck in the size of the tournament and things like that. But I, I really wouldn't hate Jonathan Taylor at your position now. I mean, I, I know it might be considered a bit of a reach, but I think my first five picks was all a little bit of a reach. And we'll get onto that soon, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> locking yourself a, a stud running back, right? Because like you say, the scoring in Scott Fishbowl does favour the running back or even rushing QBs a little bit. And, yeah, I, I wouldn't hate it. Or just go for Hawkinson. You know he's good, like, he, with Vikings. I know, we see he was a value in the seventh. The second, I'm not feeling quite so confident <laughs> anymore. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit bit of a worry to take a player like that in the second round. Lewis, let's talk about your team, shall we? <laughs> let's go. I'm ready. T tell us, Tell us who you picked in the... In the Scott Fish bowling, mate. Let's let's go through it. So I'm the 101 in the Walkers division, and I kicked off the night by sending the whole room into turmoil. And I think half of Twitter, so I'm told, I wasn't actually on there at the time, but I picked Lamar Jackson. And my reasons behind it is we just touched on the rushing upside and things like that, but they've got a new offensive coordinator in Baltimore in Todd Munkin. So he's going to be throwing the ball a bit more. And, you know, he can throw the ball, despite a lot of people saying, oh, he's a running back. No, he's not. Yes, he's a very good runner. So that scoring is also going to help his case. If he stays healthy for all 17 games, there's a good chance he will finish as the QB1 in this scoring. Just with that rushing upside. And ah, I don't hate it. Like I said earlier, you don't win the Scott Fishbowl by playing safe so I've gone for Lamar if he stays healthy and goes absolutely haywire then it could pay off if it doesn't it doesn't you know it's one of those things but yeah I went Lamar 101 I, I love that pick I love that pick and I, it's always one of the things where you you want your guy go get him you know it's you you wanted Lamar you went and got Lamar I, I can't I can't criticize that pick you know I, I think it's. I think I would have found it hard to pick Lamar over J Jalen Hurts if I was at the 101, because I think Jalen Hurts is is a very similar sort of player in a better offense. But I think, like you said, yeah. I think anyone any one of them, Lamar, Hurts, Allen, Mahomes, even you know, you can even bring like Burrow into the conversation. They've all got the potential of being a Q the QB one on the season. So I think they're all great picks like you know so I, I i love what you did i love what you did 
But who, who, did, who did you get when you come back to you in the, the back end of the second? Then? And then I went TJ Hawkinson because I feel like the scoring also leans something towards the tight end. And I think the gap last year, based on this year's scoring, would have been like 180 points between Kelsey and Andrews or Kelsey and Hawkinson maybe even, which is massive and obviously explains why Scuba Lee at 102 went Kelsey. A lot of people have took him 101 as well. But then the back 10 games, he or from week 10 maybe, when he joined the Vikings, Hawkinson was the tight end too by landslide. And I, I can't see anything else changing. Feelings out of town. Jordan Addison's unknown as a rookie, if we're looking at it like that. So Hawkinson could start the season as the second target on the Vikings. And like we say, with this scoring, um, the extra bit for first downs for tight ends and things like that, he could prove. And that it's a reach for both, and I know that. But as I said earlier, you don't win the Scott Fishbowl by playing safe. So I've just I've swung for defences on both of them first two picks. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I, I, love, I love the Hawkinson. I love the, the bravery of it. And it's difficult. It's difficult being, you know, you were at the turn with a third round reversal. So, you know, it, you came to the back of the second and then you weren't picking for another 12 picks. And like you said, with this scoring format, would he have made it back to you? And I suppose well, that's no, the one... Because... I was going to say, Sorry. that's the one thing about the the picking at the one or the 12 for me. You know, it's you kind of have to reach at them positions because... Like, I, I prefer to be in the middle of the board because I've got, you know, it's only 12 picks before I'm back on the board. But, like, you know, I know at the, tw like, 212, you only had 12 picks, so you're back on the board. But I think somebody would have taken him before it had got back to you. So, I, I, I've, well, you know... Rich... Go on. Go on. Sorry, yeah. Rich King was at 12. So, he was picking up 301. And he says... I'm taking TJ Hawkinson. And I says, and this was about, I don't know, 209-ish. He says, I'm going to take TJ Hawkinson. And I says, well, if you don't go before me, you're not getting TJ Hawkinson. That was my plan all along. If Kelsey and Andrews was gone, I'm taking that. For me, it's them free and then a clear gap to anyone else this year. Yeah. And that goes for all redraft leagues, never mind the scoring. Um he was reliable on first downs as well for Cousins, a quick out, quick release. And, yeah, I, I just think he's going to be great this year. And it is a bit of a homer pick as well. Yeah, so the, the it came back to you then at the back end of the third. And now now you had back-to-back -back picks. Uh, where, where did you go with these two? Yeah, and I had some stick because um, quite a bit, actually, because Jalen Waddle and Chris Olave was... Um, still on the board, as well as Devonta Smith, T Higgins, but Waddle and Olave or Olave, however you want to say it, went just after. But I went Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper. And the reason, looking at Waddle and Olave primarily with them too, and this is my reasoning behind it, it's redraft, right? I ain't got to worry about them being nearly 30 and the other two still being 23, 24. Keenan Allen has Justin Herbert, who now has Kellen Moore, who is ruthless on offense when he's play calling, right? If Keenan Allen stays healthy the whole year, there's a I would almost put my house on him being a top 15 receiver if he's healthy for the full 17 games. With Justin Herbert being unleashed to just play how he plays. Because he was almost a little bit reserved last year with Herbert and limited in the fact of you didn't know who was going to be on the field and he was carrying that rib injury and things like that. And similar, similarly with Amari Cooper and Deshaun, I don't see Deshaun not taking a step forward, you know. He's a year removed from, or however long it will be removed from not playing for two years when the season starts. And he can't be any worse than he was, but he has to take another step forward from where he was last season. And they're both the first target on their offense. So Waddle's second behind Tyreek Hill. We know Miami love a complicated run game. Chris Olave has Derek Carr. 
yes, it is an upgrade on Andy Dalton, but we don't know if Michael Thomas might play five games this season. Or some, we don't know if Olev's going to be the first target for the whole season. Yes, they're very promising for the future in Dynasty and things like that, but that's my reasoning behind them two picks, and I, I stand by them. Yeah, see, so this is where you pissed me off. Because I was, uh, as the guy that took Herbert, I was really hoping that Keenan Allen was going to make it back to me in the fourth and I was going to smash him in the fourth and get a little stack there. But no, no, you ruined you ruined that for me, didn't you, Lewis? Um, yes, so Hannah, no. uh, with Lewis's first four picks, Lamar, Hawkinson, Keenan Allen, Mari Cooper, mm-hmm. what, 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 do you, what do you make of his team so far? Um, I think it's like super ballsy, like hats off to you. I would not be brave enough to do it, if I'm honest. Um, my kind of, not concerns, but my, my kind of thoughts on it is that, particularly with the first two, like Namar and, and Hawkinson, because of the kind of opportunity cost of them in the first, you know, where you took them, they need to hit at their kind of highest yeah. to, to kind of bring you that value. Um, and that's what would make me a little bit nervous. Um like I, I do think Lamar probably would well have easily been in the mix with those, you know, the top three that we were talking about, had he been healthy for the last season, two seasons. We know that there he is at risk just because the last two seasons he has not managed to, you know, do a, a full season. I think it is a great pick, but my worry is that a lot of people will have got Lamar at the 105 or later. So... Yeah like their opportunity cost obviously is less than yours so there is a slight risk there a same with Hawkinson I would probably say but if if they do hit at their highest then obviously you know your your team is is fantastic but you you need them to do that if they don't then you're not going to win if you know what I mean you see no and you're absolutely right and it's it's a win-win situation because I'm either called an idiot that don't know what they're doing, like I'm being called now anyway for making those picks, or I'm an evil genius. So, <laughs> what makes you evil, Lewis? <laughs> I don't know, but it works. You're not just it? a genius. <laughs> it, it, works. it works. And again, I, I do like... So I feel like you've gone really ballsy with your first two picks, and then you've actually, me, gone relatively safe with your next two, in that like yeah. we know who Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper are um but i don't think they've got the upside as i think potentially chris alave or Jalen waddle have and obviously there is that risk with keenan allen he does have a bit of a, an injury history he did i think he managed to play all games last season but you know we have known historically he has had injuries so i just find it really interesting because as i say you've kind of gone balls in then i feel like you've gone a bit safe um for the next two I love it. I love it. Do you want to run us through uh, your next few picks then, Lewis? What what else did you you go for? Yeah, so like we were saying about the scoring favours running backs and um, it was at this point where I was like, okay, I've, I've left this a bit later though than I wanted, but I didn't really see anything at the 3-4 turn that really excited me. I wanted Ramondre. My, my free sort of running backs after the top lot this year that I really like uh, Stevenson, Jacobs and Pollard. All three of them went in that round three before it got to me. So we went with Miles Sanders at 512. Clearly back in Carolina, new offense, things like that. Uh, rookie quarterback. And James Connor, who we don't know what's going to happen in Arizona, but there's one thing for sure we do know. James Conner's going to be running the ball a hell of a lot. So he's, he's for me, the only... they're two just pretty safe picks. Like they're they're going to get usage. Yeah, he he's the only Arizona player that even I feel confident to draft this year. Uh, I he is the one, like you said, he's the one player for me out of that team that you know week in week out you know what he's doing. So uh, I, I yeah. really like their picks. I like, I like them. I think, I think they're both great. And also, in the fifth round, there was a little bit of a quarterback run. And then 
I was unsure whether to go for someone like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, but I just felt a bit dirty doing it so early then. I thought, if they're there on the next turn, I'll double down. Then I've got three quarterbacks and I'm done. But I never, and yeah, they, they all went before it got back to me. But it it was, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a tough doing one. it live. Like it was, it was tough. It was a lot different to, you know, sitting on sleeper and waiting for your turn and things like that. And yeah, you have to sort of think on your feet, especially when you're getting barracked by everyone. Come on, hurry up, pick. Like, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I think that happened to me in like the eighth round. I think somebody came and they were like, come on, come on. You know, people have got trains to catch. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so do you, do you want to run us, through, run us through quickly through the rest of your team and then we'll get on to mine. Yeah, so round seven, I took Bryce Young and then David Njoku at 801. So I got my second tight end and my second QB. Then I went Desmond Ridder, who I have higher hopes for than a lot of people. I think he's just set up to succeed with the weapons he has around him, now including Bijan. Then I went Damian Harris, who I believe is going to be the RB1 in Buffalo. Then I went Juju, so another safe-ish wide receiver before going Zay Flowers to get a little bit of a stack. Devin Singletary, and I thought this was great value, actually, this last pick I made today. 14-1. I took Jameson Williams. Now, I know he misses six matches, but He's been in the league a year now. He's got some sort of rapport. He's not going to be unhealthy now. Um, I'll, I'll, that could be a league winner. Not Scott Fishbowl winner, but like at that round 14 pick, I think that's great value there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, so I, I've, I very much like your team. I like what you've done there. Um, I, uh, I think, I think. I would have maybe gone a bit earlier for a QB, but I've gone too early for all three of my QBs. But apart from that, I, I think it's a really nice build, to be fair. Really nice build. Thank Hannah, what do, what do you make of it? Yeah, I, I, on the, I, I think it's it's great. I, I feel actually a bit different about Jameson Williams. I'm, I'm just not sure. You know, it's been a long time since he's come out and he's, he's not played properly. Uh, on an NFL field, I I personally would feel a bit more hesitant about him than you. But like you say, if he does hit, you know that you've got awesome value there. But I personally probably wouldn't have taken him. If it okay. if it doesn't work out from round fourteen though, the worst case is yeah, they end I mean, up in the yeah, and you you look matter. at the players drafted sort of around him, and you had Adam Thielen at thirteen ten, then Jameson at fourteen one, Nico Collins at fourteen five. Dobbs 14-7, like, I, don't, I, I feel like Jameson Williams has the most upside out of all those guys I've just mentioned. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, and like you say, if he, if he doesn't work, then that's fine. My, my slight concern would be he has to sit on your bench for six weeks before you get to find that out. So he is taking up space when, you know, you could be getting someone else off the waiver wire that might be contributing for you but i i think again if if everyone hits above him then that doesn't matter if they don't then it's going to be a bit yeah. more of a challenge yeah so yeah, uh so my team i pick up the 107 and i my first four picks was justin herbert saquon barkley at the 206 then dak prescott at the 306 and then i went kyle pitts at the 407 are we are we happy with that kind of start? I, I was I was feeling very chuffed with myself on on Friday. I was very happy with that. Any 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 disagreements? Any agreements? No, I mean, I certainly won't be unhappy about that. I know that we had had a discussion in round two, hadn't we? About um, do do we con do you consider Dak at that point? Um, and then you decided well you'd go for Saquon, and ultimately that was the right. You don't know. Obviously, hindsight is fabulous at the time. You don't know what's going to happen. But ultimately, that was the right call because you ended up getting Dak then in the third round. So you actually gained some value by being able to get an elite running back, you know, before you took Dak. So I think that's that's fab. Now, Cal Pitts, that's probably more the kind of bet that I would want to or would consider making um, in that he has all of the 
kind of intangibles, all of his data shows that actually he is an elite tight end. He's just not managed to put up the points. So ultimately, at some point, he has to do it because, you know, he is that good. So I, I think ultimately, especially now they've got Bijan in there, I think there's a chance that he, he can start doing more. So he's probably more the bet that I would take, um, you know, this year, especially because he's cheaper. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't feel – I can't – I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but I feel like Kyle Pitts was a much earlier pick in the Scott Fishbowl last year than what he is this year, you know? Um, but but yeah, so this is this is where I felt like I got great value on Friday, but now I sit back and look at it, I wish I'd have maybe gone a different direction with this pick. Um, so when it came back to me at the 506, I took Jared Goff, who was the 12th QB off the board, so. I feel like I was like, oh, I've got great value here of somebody, you know, at QB, but I kind of feel that because everyone else has sort of waited, I'm a lot weaker in other positions and would have preferred maybe like a a JK Dobbins that was picked straight after or or somebody like that and and maybe waited on a on a QB. What do you guys think? So yeah. I, f- I think you did go a bit early for, for Goff. And I like all four of your first picks. Um, I might have lent Kittle over Pitts, but either way, like we says, Pitts has everything there. He just needs to show it, right? Um, thousand yards as a rookie. I can't remember the last time and that went close to that or done that. But after Goff, like, I think there's quarterbacks after him that are better and quarterbacks that have more upside than him. And with the running backs coming off the board, like you said, J.K. Dobbins, the two I chose, um, even the wide receivers that went slightly after that, Hopkins, Ridley, like you could have locked in maybe a more, I don't know if they're safer, are they? Hopkins and Ridley, I don't think they're safe, but a better wide receiver one than what you had. But um, yeah, the, the value seemed to really drop a quarterback in our draft, I found. And I think that's maybe why I waited that extra round at the time. Yeah, so now I will agree with you that Jared Goff, probably I I probably pulled the trigger too early. But as wide receivers go, so I went Jerry Judy at the 6-7. Now, to me, DeAndre Hopkins hasn't signed with the team at the moment. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here saying Jerry Judy is a better wide receiver than DeAndre Hopkins by any means. But... I kind of feel the risk with Hopkins at the moment is you're betting on him landing at the right team and yeah. doing what Hopkins does. You know, I, I know uh, New England Patriots are favoured to sign him at the moment and I don't like that as a landing spot for him, if I'm honest. Um, and Calvin Ridley, again, another phenomenal wide receiver, but he's coming back after having a year out of playing football. So... I don't like either of them picks this year. I'm not a big fan. I know, you know, that's probably good value for them players. And if they hit their upside, they're going to be great. But I just think I'd rather let everyone else take them and and I'll go for for somebody who could be the number one wide receiver on a Sean Payton-led offense. You know? what, what do you think, Hannah? What do you... Um, I, I, I do agree. And I think if you realise actually on the night that you probably won't bit early on your QB3. Um, you know, Goff was probably a good value there, but you didn't need him at that time, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think ultimately, as I say, I'm, I don't think he's a bad pick. I just think he's a bad pick for you because you already had two quarterbacks. So I think, and I think you realise that like two rounds after or whatever, that you probably could have waited a bit longer and probably not lost that much value in terms of your third quarterback um so i think ultimately you probably could have pushed it i do like jk dobbins this year so i wouldn't have hated you taking jk there um and as i say i was really weak with my right to the last room last year and it didn't hurt me at all really i think you know i i could potentially i think most of the season i i 
actually had the minimum ride receive like starting ride receivers i can't remember if it's two or three that we have to start i think it's three isn't it so i would start three wide receivers but all of my flex spots were running backs or kickers i did not have any wide receivers in my flex spots and it actually didn't hurt me at all um but you do have to have enough running backs and stuff that you can do that so i don't hate that you actually waited on wide receiver um I do think that you know Ridley and stuff. They they do have some upside this this year. I wouldn't hate you taking them either. Um, but yeah, I, I won't be too bothered that your wide receiver room potentially is weaker because I, I think you can get away with it in this format. One Lewis. Yeah, I'm not saying your wide receiver room is weak. Them first three wide receivers you took all have phenomenal upside this year. I seen a video earlier, Jerry Judy putting someone on skates. That poor defensive back needs to just go to the XFL or arena football or something now. Yeah. Ayuk is phenomenal at route running as well. Jackson Smith and Jigba, we're excited to see him. But you were so unlucky not to get Joe Mixon as your RB2. He went to pick before Jared Goff. Would you have picked Mixon if he was still there? So I uh, I like to think that I'm going to blame it on the beer <laughs> or I'm going to blame it on the fact that I play a lot of Dynasty and I maybe still had a bit of a Dynasty head on. But I was like, that screaming value here. No, you know, uh, at that point, um, the one, the pick, the team before me, the team before that, uh, the team at 10, uh, well, to be fair, every team had only got one QB. And I was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to smash my third QB. I'm going to have the best QBs in the league and stuff like that. And I I, I just regret it. So I may I may have been tempted with Joe Mixon, but, you know, I still think I, I'd, have, I'd have smashed QB for some, for some unknown reason. I'm going to blame the beer and I'm going to blame Mags for it because he kept buying me beer. Um but, and he's not here to defend himself, so just just blame yeah, Max. So yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to blame Mags for that pick. So Mags told me to take Jared Goff, and I smashed Jared Goff, and that's that's. <laughs> so, but but yeah, as, you as, smashed as you, Jared Goff. That's not something you should admit. You know, I, I'm not proud of it, but you know, but yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, as you, as you quickly mentioned, um, my wide I went three. Back to back to back wide receivers. Then I went Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, then I had a three running back run where I went um, to my sins. I must love him so much that I keep drafting him everywhere. Brian Robinson, Khalil Herbert, and Zach Charbonnet. And then um, 12, 13, 14, I've gone back to back to back wide receivers and I've gone Sky Moore, Odell Beckham and Romeo Dobbs or Dubs, however you pronounce his his surname. Uh, so with them with them nine picks, Hannah, does uh, anyone stand out to you? No, I, I generally I, I do like it on the whole. The one player I probably wouldn't have picked is Odell, if I'm honest. Um, with After two ACL injuries at I think that he will be a great veteran presence on that team, but ultimately I think that his target share will be relatively low. So I probably wouldn't have picked him. But look, in those rounds, you know, what have you got to lose? It's, it, you know, nothing is a bad pick, really. I think I think it's a really promising team. My slight concern would be the beginning of the season when potentially Smith and Jigba might be just kind of ramping up. Um, you might need to find someone to kind of slot into your wide receiver three kind of, you know, slot. However, if Sky Moore is as promising as the hype has kind of started to, um, I suppose, Build. say, yeah, then maybe he can slot in there and Smith and Jink will be a nice kind of addition as and when he kind of, I suspect the second half of the season will be Smith and Jigba kind of doing a lot more. So once you get to there, then you know he could probably slot in as well. But no, I, I generally I think it's a really nice team. Goff is the only one, and Odell would be the two that I would be a bit like not sure on the value on those. But the rest I think is pretty nice. Yeah, I was uh, I was like like I said I was fairly happy with it. Um, I made it quite clear that I I didn't like the Jared Goff pick. Um, so what what. I, 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 we were going to talk about loads of other charity tournaments, but 
I feel like we'll be squeezing one in at the end. So we'll stick with we'll stick with the Scott Fishbowl and we'll we'll get back to some of them um on another show. Um I'm gonna quickly run you through um uh, the guy that was at the 103, uh our old co-host uh Mags, and we're we're just gonna absolutely tear his team to pieces. So um he went Pat Mahomes at the one three, Henry at the two ten, Amon Ra at three ten. Jameer Gibbs at 4-3 and Anthony Richardson at 5-10. How how do we feel like he started? I, I I think he started really well and I don't want him to start really well, but I think that's a really, really nice build, to be fair. Hannah, what do you think of it? Yeah, I really like it. I, th I think Anthony Richardson in the, in the fifth is potentially kind of... If he... If they, if he stays on the field, I think he could be a league winner. You know, he could be a field, you know, last season kind of field type. And there's no negative scoring, so there's actually no downside to having him on your team as long as he's on the field. The slight worry with him is that he is so terrible that he does not stay on the field. So that is the risk that he is taking there. But I think we all kind of suspect that's probably, you know, they're going to be able to manage him well enough that he stays on the field. So. I, I do really like it. I think there's enough upside there in that you know, it, could, it could do really well. Yeah. Lewis, uh, any, any thoughts? I think Mags's balance through the whole team is really good. So he's got Patrick Mahomes, who's as safe as you can get, and then Anthony Richardson, who's all upside. He then has Derek Henry, who we know is going to ball rush to, I don't know, maybe 1,500 yards. And then he's got Jarmir Gibbs, who is all upside. Amonra St. Brown, safe. DeAndre Hopkins, not so safe, but again, potentially amazing depending where he lands. And he's kind of done that all the way through the draft. Deontay Johnson, we know he's going to get targets. Addison, we don't know what we're going to get. Komet is going to get targets from fields at some point in some way. Dalton Kincaid, he took in the eighth. I don't like it myself, but the potential is there with Josh Allen because he's got Josh Allen throwing him the ball. And I think it's got a really nice balance that if all those ones who are kind of like high upside or risky as such, if they hit, he could go a long way in this tournament. So um, you've just you just mentioned him there. Uh, he took Dalton Kincaid at the eight oh three, <clears throat> and then uh, the next day went into a Q and A with uh, our good friend Bob Lung, who uh, basically gave him some numbers that basically said that 3% of tight ends, rookie tight ends hit in their first year. And, and, um, Mags's face was, uh, was, was a picture to be fair. And he, he looked, he looked a bit worried, but, um, I have just had a look on, uh, spike, spike and somebody's actually drafted Kincaid earlier than Mags. Mags this, he's been drafted 25 times, so far and the earliest he was picked was in the 7-10 and that was their tight end two and then the next earliest was uh good friend mags at the 803 and he was the tight end one um i'm, I'm not a fan of that pick uh i think i think he's he's got his dynasty head on there with dalton kincaid at the the 803 i think yeah I think there's a there's a few other tight ends that I would have taken. Maybe next year Dalton Kincaid could be an eight oh three, but this year I don't I don't think I would have I would have pulled the trigger anywhere near that. But Hannah, what what, what do you think? You're, you're shaking your head there. Yeah, no, I yeah, totally agree. I think unfortunately for Mags, that is way too early. Like I love all of his picks before then, but but that one I think unfortunately is way too much capital to spend on Kincaid who is probably unlikely to live up to what Mags wants him to to be. Yeah, so somebody somebody got him in the 1208. 12.08. and back end of the ninth, start of the tenth seems to be the the area for him to be fair. Now I, I think with Kincaid his sort of best range of outcomes we could hope for is Dawson Knox from two years ago, right, where he finishes as a very, very low-end tight end one, uh, sort of because he caught 10 touchdowns. Now, 
this is why I, and I mentioned it on the wildcard dynasty show with Kev the other week and the reason I think Kincaid is overvalued massively is partly because he's with Josh Allen Yes, he doesn't have a lot of competition there, but Dawson Knox is known for winning man-to-man. That's why he had 10 touchdowns that season. His most targets he had, or receptions, sorry, was 49. It's not a lot. The volume isn't there for a tight end in a Josh Allen run offense. And, yeah. Pat, I think Pat Fryer move is kind of the range of outcome where we might see Kincaid. And him as a rookie... Again, it was mostly because of the touchdowns. I think he had seven, but he was just outside the tight end one sort of uh, finish. I think he was about tight end 13 or 14. Yeah, so it, uh, after Dalton Kincaid, there's, I'm just looking at our draft board now, and there is easily three. Pat Fryermuth, Chigacon Oconquo, if I pronounce that wrong, Greg, Greg Dolcich, um, I'd even maybe even look at Gerald Everett and say that I'd take him over Dalton Kincaid. Um, so. so the next four tight ends, I definitely would have took before Kincaid, and that was Fryermuth, Schultz, Chig, and Dolchich. Because I think oh, all four of them have a clear path to targets and potentially yeah. to be the second target on their offense, which is what I look for in tight ends personally. But... Again, I see why he's done it because he's yeah, yeah. with the build and, where he's and, got safe, risky, safe, risky, and there's a lot of upside in his build. And yeah, and, and like you said, he, he he took Cole Komet, um, cup, what two rounds later. So he he's kind of again he's got his risky tight end, he's got his safe tight end. He's backed um, it up, and he, he could back it all up with someone like Hayden Hurst or Mike Gesicki later on, and that's a nice free tight end build, in my opinion. Yeah, I I don't hate him taking him. I hate him taking him there personally. Yeah, oh and yeah, it's fine backing him up with um you know Cole Komet, but Komet still makes me a bit nervous. Like he's gonna give you something, but is it gonna be anything worth having on your team? Probably. You cannot not. trust putting Komet in your lineup, and that is the issue. So I think ultimately his tight end room for me personally at the moment I don't like it. Um. I I would prefer I would like if I was him a Gerald Everett in there because I think that he is late enough and has enough upside that I think he could potentially carry the team for most of the season and then if Komet, uh, if uh, Kincaid then starts coming on later on then maybe he can replace him with him but I just think Kincaid was way too you know too high I think he took too many risks there I think the risks he took earlier you know with uh, um, Gibbs uh, Richardson I think they were perfect I think unfortunately with his tight ends I think he had too much of a dynasty hat on there personally um, in that one so that's the that's the the one disappointment that I would say about his team yeah, well, Mags would just blame me and say that I was buying him beers by now. So it's probably my round now. So I'll take the blame for this one, seeing as he took the blame for that one, you know. Um, but but yeah, so you know, ultimately, Mags, I, th- I think you've I think you've built quite a nice little team there. Um, I don't think you're going to win this division, and neither are you, Lewis, because I'm going to win it. Um, so uh, sorry to tell you that, but. Um, but yeah, with, with that, that, that brings us to the uh, end of the show. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the new and improved Wildcard Rewind. Uh, be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Wildcard Rewind or head over to our YouTube channel and search for the Fancy Wildcard Podcast Network and make sure you give us a subscribe. And tune in next week where, I haven't told the guys this yet, but we're going to do a really, really early mock draft and we're going we're, we're gonna to have a different... I don't think you're with us next week, are you, Lewis? No. No. So me and Hannah, we're going to do a mock draft, and I'll see if I can get somebody to come on and join us, and we'll all take a different strategy, different approach, and we'll all pick from different places. And So join us next week where we'll, we'll have a, a mock draft and uh, we'll talk you through some some different strategies. Oh, I need – I need. Oh, see, I've done it now. Uh, I need the, the video, do I? <laughs> this is Mag's job normally. Hmm. <laughs>
Breaking back to the sun.